Pod, everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, July 19th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we're going to get into this whole thing, but wow, I'm, I got to tell everybody I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back in the big city. You're back in the big city. You're 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 no longer in shed. You're no longer in barn. You're no longer in dirt in ditch. You are broadcasting from the city. Proper coastal elite box office prognostication. Yes, yes. I feel, I just feel superior. I feel mm-hmm. more superior than I did for the last god mm, year. So, my predictions are going to be sharper and uh, more forceful. Nice. Well, I mean, we're going to get into it today because you're back in the big city and you're already embroiled in a, I mean, I would say an online feud with the star of the number one movie in America. So you you are back in the big city in a big way. Well, let's 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 not tease them too much. Let's just plow. Let's going to do this top five real fast. All right. Time to plow. Speaking of the number one film in the country, Space Jam, A New Legacy, made $31 million in its first weekend. Holy crap. We'll get back to that. Number two, Black Widow, made $25.8 million, a 68% drop. It is now standing at $131.6 million. Now, it did... Takeover is the fastest to 100, but still, there's some things to talk about there. Number three, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, made $8.8 million in its first weekend. Now, it was only playing in 2,815 theaters, so keep that in mind. Number four, F9, The Fast Saga, $7.6 million, down 33%. It's losing some feeders already. 281, it's dropped. It is now sitting at $154.8 million in its fourth frame. And number five, The Boss Baby, Family Business, made $4.7 million, down 47%. Also dropping feeders, dropped 239 feeders. It is sitting at $44.6 million in its third weekend and that is your top five that is that is some great plowing and before we get into top five just two things i want to call out some really solid holds under the 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 bottom five you got at number six the forever purge made 4.1 million dollars only a 42 percent drop from the last week it's made 35.8 million i think overall this movie is doing and will end up having done better than people are giving it credit for. I think that it's a pretty good hold. And then number seven, I think the 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 king of holds this year is A Quiet Place Part Two. Made another two point two million this past weekend, only a twenty nine percent drop from the week before. And also, this was the week that it now became available on Paramount Plus. You know, not as a PVOD, just it's if you got Paramount Plus, Quiet Place 2 is there. And it's still holding really well. People yeah. like this movie. This is a uh, an amazing success story. So just, just two holds I wanted to shine a little spotlight on. No, it's always positive to shine a light on holds because that really, at this point, is what separates a huge hit from just mm-hmm. a moderate hit, really, or a flash in the pan. Yes, yes, yeah. The Quiet Place Part Two. I, I, I think what we're gonna see, or you know, we've touched on a little bit, is that is just a movie that people liked, and a movie that was super well reviewed, and that's not been the case for the majority of the number one openers this year. No. They haven't been movies that people love. Quiet Place Part Two, people love it. It's a well-reviewed movie. It, it got to the zeitgeist, and it's holding, so good for it. Well, we got to get to Space Jam because yeah. we were both so off on this. And most of the prognosticating was off on this. People were saying 20, and this thing opened to almost 32. 
31.6. Available day and date on HBO Max. And this thing still did Bafa Bobo. Opened larger than Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. Did it? Did it? This 31 million, that's more than the three-day opening. I, I think it's a little tough to make an apples to apples comparison. It was by a there. smidge. It's by a smidge and I do think if Godzilla versus Kong had opened on a Friday, if it wasn't a Wednesday opener, it's three day would have been bigger because a lot of the people who saw it on those couple of extra days would have still seen it over the weekend. But you know what? It doesn't matter because LeBron can say King Kong doesn't have shit on me. Yeah. And the other thing he can say in which he did say is that he doesn't have time for haters because he tweeted out a tweet that said hi haters with a smile emoji mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the deadline article attached and you know what good for him he had every right to do that and, and me and, being a, one of those haters right just just one clarification when you say lebron tweeted you do mean he used twitter not that he used uh, Tweety Bird, the co-star of Space Jam, A New Legacy. No, but you know what? With his master of synergy, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't do that. So, yes, that needed to be clarified. Okay, it was on Twitter he said this to the haters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we both predicted this movie would bomb. But I think you even went lower than me. You went under 10. I think I went under 10. I, I mean, I just... And, and it's, again, it's a, it's a mistake that me and you should not be making because it is a classic, the rats need their cheese situation. And, and God, we got to stop going against our own motto and our own teachings because these rats needed their cheese, the rats being kids, cheese being a kid's movie, of course. And uh, we, we got to stop going against that. But I predicted this to be low. You predicted this to be low. But... You are a known LeBron James hater. Yeah, and you know what? The problem with that, because I think I referred to LeBron James mm-hmm. in the previous weekend's week's podcast as a loser. And the reason I did is because I, I, I need to qualify it. He lost in the first round of the NBA playoffs this year. And I thought, hmm, is that a ding on him? Are people not going to want to go see a movie where he's not playing in the finals because he normally plays in the finals? Right. Obviously, right. I was wrong about that. And right. obviously, you know, being a hater it does not benefit you when you are when you are podcasting or being a box office um, pundit. Because right. it takes away facts and yes. it replaces it with emotion, right? Yes. We need to be cold, emotionless, robotic machines when we make these predictions. And usually we are. Usually we are emotionless, soulless, feeling free when we make these analyses. But you were a hater when it came to LeBron and it definitely clouded your judgment. It. You know, I, I made a mistake, but I made an honest mistake in my analysis. You know, you made a mistake, you ignored the rats eating their cheese, and it was based on being a hater. Yeah, I mean, I'll, though, I'll be honest with you, yeah, I guess we did look past the fact that this is aimed squarely at kids. Yeah. And not snarky people on Twitter. So we did make that mistake. And, you know, I... I admit, listen, the competition between Jordan and LeBron is one of those things that's very personal for a lot of people. It's personal for me. I am, are you, Pat, are you familiar with Stan culture? I am, yes. It, it came from an Eminem music video, and, and I, I know what it is. I can't say that I'm seeped in Stan culture, but I understand the the dictionary meaning of it yes yeah so so i feel like i may be waded into some stan waters in Mm. that too which i'm also i'm also you know disappointed with myself i'm I'm making a pledge not to do it again but i did it once and and it's it's going to take a while for people to to understand that i'm not going to just stan jordan anytime lebron stars in a movie and 
when I was so confident that this film was not going to do well, and we both said this movie will not make as much money as the opening weekend of the original Space Jam, and we were wrong on that as yes, well. Yes, we're, we were wrong on that. We, we thought it would make less than the opening weekend of uh, Warner Brothers' Tom and Jerry the movie from a few months ago. I yeah, mean, in it, retrospect, that's that's absurd. I mean, and again, mine was an honest mistake. Yours is seeped in being a hater. Yeah, and I'm apologizing, so you don't really need to rub too much salt into the wound here. But I said, and I think we both agreed, that this would be the decider for supremacy. Because there's always the, who's better, LeBron or Jordan? And we said it's going to come down to B.O., yeah. And we said that because I I said that because I was completely confident that this film was going to do uh, worse, way worse than the original. And the original with Michael Jordan opened to $27.5 million and New Legacy, 31. So you've got your goat, everyone. Your greatest yeah. of all time is LeBron James. And I'm saying that with cold, hard facts and numbers not has nothing to do with my heart or my uh i guess the heart's the main one heart's Uh, the main one do we do you want to though hold off on that distinction on that crowning until the final you know uh full domestic tally of space jam a new legacy plays out because i still don't think this has any chance of earning as much in the end, as the original Space Jam did in their full, you know, respective full runs. Well, and and I think that's because we are in a different place now. And I think the opening is king. I I think it's going to be, it's it's the exact idea of different players playing in different eras. You cannot look at LeBron James's cum for this film for the the domestic cum for this film and say it's compared to the cum for the original space jam just because of the different eras people would go back to see movies again and again and we're seeing with black widow we're seeing with f9 we're seeing with these other movies that it really now more than ever is opening weekend it, it really is. So this movie, Space Jam, A New Legacy, opened in theaters, also opened day and date on HBO Max. Is this another piece of evidence that at least when it comes to opening weekend, I do think that these day and dates may be affecting the the long term box office of the theatrical, but at least on opening weekend, the streaming option truly does not matter. Yes, on opening weekend, I think it's it's funny because we were in the Wild West for such a long time, but now we're starting to get some patterns form. And I do think while the streaming aspect does affect second weekend, third weekend, fourth weekend, it does not really affect opening. No. If people want to go see something, they're going to go see something. And again, this is a movie that I watched at home on HBO Max this weekend. And... I would not have seen this in a movie theater if it had not been available on HBO Max. I just would not have seen this movie. You know, and I, obviously that's anecdotal, but I do think that the case of people our age who either were LeBron haters like you or who just wanted to watch the movie sort of ironically and and, and find all of the Warner Brothers IP cameos in the background... Those people watching at HBO Max would not have gone to the theater to do the same thing. You know, I would not have, if this was not on HBO Max, I wouldn't have gone to the theater just to see the the different iterations of the Penguin that appear in the crowd during the basketball game in Space Jam A New Legacy. I, I just wouldn't have seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think... It, that's why it doesn't matter. Whereas the kids with the families, they were going out to the theater no matter what because they wanted to get out of the house. They wanted to have something to do. Watching it at home doesn't kill as much time in your kid's day as taking them to the theater does. 
which I think is a crucial thing when it comes to these kids' movies, is parents are just looking to kill as much awake time for children as possible. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? Is the teens are still going to the theater. Mm-hmm. Because looking at the demos here for Space Jam A New Legacy, we had a huge turnout by African Americans at 36%, Latinos, 23%, Caucasian, 32%, Asian, 9%. And we had a lot, a lot of young youngins going to see this. Families and teens. That's right. It, so it ended up being sort of a date movie. You, I, I you, mean, I, or, or at least a hangout movie. You know, if teens are going... They're either on a date or they're on a big hang or they're in one of those situations where it's a big group of teens and some of them think they're on a date. Some of them don't realize they're on a date. So, you know, it's, it's one of those big, confusing 10 teenagers go somewhere together and mixed in there is a lot of people who are confused about whether this is a date or not. Yeah. So so age wise. Well, 58% guys, and then for age, 60% under 25, and 48 were under 17. Wow. 48% were under 17. So it was 53% male, 47% female. Not, not, a, not too bad of a split there. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the reason I push back on the dating thing is that I think the way we used to date isn't the way people date anymore. I think it is a group hangout, right? You have a, ho- right. a huge group, and like you said, who knows who's dating who or whatever. But, but that, I think, is the case. And I think, you know, teens are really driving the box office in a way that, you know, should be positive for theater owners because those are the people who are going to have the time, have the money— to go and see multiple films. Mm-hmm. So do you think, because I think part of what Warner Brothers was also doing with this movie was they wanted this movie to be an advertisement for all of their other IP that they have on HBO Max. Because in that basketball game, there was a lot of background cameos. There were three different versions of the Penguin, including a Danny DeVito Penguin from Batman 80, from 92, um, there were, like we talked about last week, the Clockwork Orange gang is in the background, a lot of Harry Potter stuff in there, a lot of Warner IP. Do we think these teens are going to see a Jim Carrey the Mask character in the background of this basketball game and think, I want to check that out. I got to go to this HBO Max and see what that green thing was in the background of this basketball game will this work will lebron and the looney tunes drive teens who saw this movie in a big way to hbo max to check out this older dustier warner ip well i mean that was the you know that was the aim and will it work uh you know hbo max is more of a prestige streamer it's not right. your Netflixes, that's for everybody, or your Peacocks, which seem to be for, from the from the demos that we saw on the Boss Baby from Samba.tv, uh, lower income. I think A HBO, lot of Earth Dogs. Peacock is for the Earth Dogs. Yeah, but I think HBO Max is prestige, and, it's, it's, and I do think it's all about, do these kids have access to bank accounts, or do they have to ask their parents? That's the thing with the teens and the streamer is that right. any kid can go up to a movie theater and buy a ticket, but you need to have access to a bank account or a credit card in order to get HBO Max. So there might be a barrier of entry for teens. Right, right. Yeah, because I don't know if you could get an HBO Max subscription using Bitcoin, Dogecoin, you know, some of the other cryptocurrencies that probably teens have a lot of and a lot of access to. You know, I think you still need a traditional uh, big, big company credit card in mm-hmm. order to get HBO Max. So that might be tougher. Yeah, I, I don't think that that strategy is going to work. I mean, I like I said, I saw this film. It was very odd that they had all of their IP, the ones that weren't animated, they would be played by 
people who were not the known stars of that IP. So you had basically, you know, a a unknown actor or waiter or whoever was playing the Jim Carrey mask as an extra during the basketball game or playing the Clockwork Orange guys or the Danny DeVito Penguin. But it wasn't those movie stars. So to me, I don't think that's really going to click with the teens. Well, it sounds to me like it's this is a backdoor pilot for a theme park more than anything. It doesn't sound. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Th- that's exactly what it was. It was it was very odd in this movie that they, they made this big effort like we're going to show off the IP, but it was the people who would play them at the theme park. It wasn't movie stars. It was like, you know... It was it was these theme park actors. Uh, it, to me, it's tough to for a movie to drive people towards wanting to see theme park actors act out these IPs. But who yeah. knows? And HBO Max really, we, we're talking about that. We're not the Streamo boys, really. We're That's getting the into Streamo boy no. ter- territory. And we have so much more to talk about, especially yeah. with with the movie that overshadowed. I feel like Space Jam's success with its. I don't want to say failure, but it's steep drop. It's definitely like it's it it's disappointment with Black Widow and it's 67 percent drop, which is the highest one. It's the steepest second weekend drop for any Disney MCU title. Yeah, it dropped even a percentage more than F9 did from week one to two weekend one to two, which at that point was we thought was a pretty steep drop. Um, you know, listen, the, the, that's what we've been seeing in this sort of post pandemic or, you know, theatrical reset period is these second weekend drops are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even, even a quiet place Two had a big drop from the first to the second weekend. It's like held amazingly since. But that opening weekend to second weekend drop is we're, we just have to, I think emotionally and mentally prepare ourselves for they're they're huge. But this Black Widow one was big. I mean, what are you? I feel like you're chomping on the bit and and I would I would, you know, sort of warn you to to not go into this as a hater. LeBron did, I would hope teach you a lesson there. But not as a hater. What what do you attribute this big Black Widow drop to? Number 1, you can't you can't introduce you can't introduce me now as don't be a hater every time because I was the guy who was saying Black Widow had a chance at a hundred. Remember that? I was the one who I'm not a fan of Marvel movies, but I thought that this could reach a hundred. So so right? what do you, what do you attribute this drop to? Is there anything in particular? Well I mean I think it's what we were what we've been saying is that the first weekend people will watch the film in whatever way they want to watch the film, which is either mm-hmm. going to the theater or buying it on premium access. And then they'll, they won't watch it again. If they really liked it, they won't go back to the theater and they might buy it on and premier access. If they loved it enough to watch it again at home. I think we're seeing that these people who used to go to movies, the, the same movie in the say in two weeks, you know, successive weeks is not happening. The right. the people who'd see F9 on a Friday and then go see F9 on a Tuesday, it's not happening because I know that's a theatrical only, but then there's also so many other things to watch that they're not rewatching things. I think that's right. the other thing. They have there's a glut of things to watch that aren't movies that are taking them away from rewatching an F9. Right. It, it, that's well, the reason why Space Jam and New Legacy will never reach Space Jam proportions because there is nothing else but Space Jam at the moment when that opened. It was either it was either do homework or watch Space Jam again. You're going to go to the theater and watch Space Jam again. Now right. there's just so much more to do. Right. I think with I, Black I, Widow I, the the other thing working against it is which which wasn't as big of a deal the first weekend was people just wanted to see the Marvel movie, but this is a prequel. It's a movie that everyone knows has no real uh, importance towards the next batch of Marvel movies. And it just didn't have that 
word of mouth of like, you've got to see this the way I think, especially the last couple of years worth of Marvel movies had, you know, there's not a lot of importance. The stinger wasn't the introduction of some big giant new superhero. So I, I just don't think it really had that buzz that was telling people you've got to go see this now. I think if you didn't see the first weekend, you're not being told you have to see it. Well, now theatrical has sharpened their knives mm-hmm. and is going after Disney mm-hmm. and this day and date release schedule saying that they, they've cut this movie off at the knees you know, it's a it's a film that could have made a lot of money for them down the long haul, and now it's a one weekend wonder, and they're mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a crude summation of what theatrical deadline says. They're blasting Disney's day and date strategy for undermining Marvel picks box office and these hypothetical future revenues, which is always the thing, the ancillaries that the uh, are always the things that drive me nuts when they talk about those. Yeah. Theatrical Let's stop just worrying talk- about VHS sales, everyone. Exactly. And theater owners, just talk about your theaters. You saying stuff about future revenues doesn't fucking pertain to you, so you don't need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't lump VHS in with you. Don't lump right. Blu-ray in with you. Don't dump... dump uh, put fucking iTunes in with you. Right, right. Unless the actual gets a cut of my iTunes downloads, which I don't think is the case. No. They they get ticket sales and popcorn sales. Exactly. That's all they need to worry about. And Twizzler sales and, you know, Mike and Ike's and so on. But but it is the stuff that is sold in the four walls of those of those theatrical buildings is the only thing that theater owners should be opening their yappers about. And if they had high-level analytics, we could see what's the popcorn. Is the popcorn buying drop huge in the second weekend or not? Because that's something you should worry about. Yeah, if right. it, if if popcorn sales and Twizzler sales drop eighty percent, then you got something to complain about. But if those right. stay steady, then who? Come on. So. I mean, I think we're going to be on the same page. As, I mean, this is something I've been saying now for probably a, a, almost two years since we started this show, which is the theaters, and especially now, they are not the ones in power. So for them to be trying to pick another fight with Disney, saying, Disney, you know, you shouldn't put Black Widow on Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD because it's hurting our ticket sales and we're mad at you and 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 I don't know if they're going to start to threaten. We might not show a Disney movie next time it comes out if you do this again. It's like theaters, the, the war is over. The war is over. You raised that white flag or you took the cyanide pill or however it was that we ended this war. The war is over. You lost and you got to. Figure out how to make this work for you with all of these companies also putting their movies on either day and date PVOD or small windows or whatever, but you lost. And especially to Disney, you know, like let's not theater owners should not be mouthing off to Disney anymore. It's, it's just comical. It's comical. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the, they're the gnats kind of biting at the ankles of a giant. Yes, yes. And they're also blaming piracy. Piracy. And come on, piracy's always been an issue. It's always going to be an issue. It's Mm -hmm. one of those things that it just drives me nuts that they're talking about pirates. They're talking about torrent freak Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all these things. It's like, yeah, people are going to torrent these things. People are always going to bootleg these things. I just don't think that that had as much of an impact as they're claiming it did. I mean, it's like, what are you, Metallica? Calm down with this whole pirating thing. Right, 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 right. Soon you're going to see the the, uh, movie theater owners putting some kind of PSA out there with with Lars for Metallica being like, don't don't steal our movies, don't steal our tickets. Reading uh, from a list of IPs. That are all VPN protected anyway. Right. Yeah, it's it's 
it's just one of those things that build this into your business model because hobby it's going to it's going to happen i mean every company in the world that sells anything they build whether it's shoplifting or or even just old-fashioned sea pirating into their uh into their long-term plans you know mm -hmm. crest toothpaste i'm sure every year assumes a certain amount of uh tubes of toothpaste that are going to be pirated you know on the high seas or at a or or at a cvs and they just know okay we're going to lose 80 million dollars worth of crest toothpaste is going to be pirated and we move on yeah and i hate to be i i i am by no means saying that piracy is okay or stealing is okay no. i i pay for all my movies because i want theatrical to be healthy i want streaming to be healthy i want hollywood to be healthy i contribute the people right. who don't contribute, shame on you. Shame on you. But you are a fact of life. And it doesn't exactly. matter that, again, it doesn't matter how I feel about them. They exist, and you have to write that into your business plan, just like you said. So let's stop talking about piracy. And I'm, they're saying, oh, it's they're getting better, they're getting better copies because it's from Disney Plus. Like, it doesn't matter better copies, whatever. People are gonna watch cam videos if they want to see it. If they're True-blooded pirates, they will not pay for anything, and they will watch the shittiest cam rip of a movie just because they can. Because right. just like there's people who go to the theaters on opening weekend and are theatergoers, and there's streamo people who stay home, there are pirates that are through-and-through through pirates, and they will steal whatever they can and watch the shittiest version that they can just and, to and, spite people. And just to spite people or because that is the format that they enjoy the most you know there are people who like you said they want to see it on the big screen in the theater some people want the convenience of watching on their streamer and some people just prefer having a cam rip that has a couple of people's heads you know in front of the lens or a a streaming rip that is a lower quality because maybe the full quality version of the movie is too much for them. You know, there are some pirates out there that probably have sensitive eyes, sensitive ears, and they need the quality of their viewing experience to be degraded a little bit, or else it would give them seizures, headaches, so on. So Yeah, the colors uh, are too vibrant. Right, right. So it's those are people who, if you took the pirating option away from them altogether, they would just never see the movie. Yeah, I think that's true. Those people do exist. So we have to we have to understand that that is a subset of the viewing audience. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's going to just keep coming up with these theaters who complain about the day and date stuff and the streaming and the short windows is, A, it ain't going anywhere. You know, it'll change, it'll evolve. But I think the, the not to keep going back to toothpaste this whole episode, but the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. And mm -hmm. secondly, these theaters just have to find a way to maximize their revenues with the people that are going to theaters and with the product that they have. Understand that movie going theatrical is going to be a lot more about opening weekend. So you got to maximize the money of those people who come in to see the first weekend of Black Widow. Improve your food, improve your Twizzlers. Jack up the price maybe on the Twizzlers. I don't know. You know, whatever whatever you have to do there. Well, and they've got to be screens. better I about mean, the thing is, improve your screens. Improve yeah. your screens. Improve the, the – yeah, I mean, you've got to improve the projection in the screens. I mean, that's number one. That's number right. one. But we don't have time to get into that. That's We've been beating that drum. A lot of our guests on the show have beat that drum. We're all beating that drum. It's a drum circle. Right. And it's right. whether or not – they want to listen or they want to scream about pirates. And then the other thing is you you just minted a new movie star with LeBron James mm -hmm. who overperformed in a movie that was available on a streamer day and date and people yep. still came to the theater to see it. You should be celebrating that and not yep. lamenting Black Widow right. for not doing what you wanted it to do. When, like you said... And like I, I, I affirm too, is that these drops are going to be regular. These are things mm -hmm. we're going to see all the time. 
we are now living in a log flume of box office receipts. You're going to have the up, 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 and then, oh gosh, we're going down really fast. Yep. And you either are okay getting wet or you're going to complain about your underwear being soaked. Yeah. You got to wear a bathing suit, I think, is the lesson here. If you're a theatrical uh, owner, you're on the log flume, you're going to get wet, make sure to put a bathing suit on your ride, and then you won't have to worry about your underwear because it'll be the mesh lining of the inside of a bathing suit, which but see, obviously theatri- you could get wet. Theatrical is so backwards that they will refuse to wear mm-hmm. bathing suits. They are going right. to wear their Sunday khakis. Right, right. And complain right. about it. Right. And, well, you know what? You're going to get your khakis wet on those uh, second weekend drops because it it is it is what it is. Um, and also, I mean, I think we mentioned this earlier, Black Widow, I don't think people liked it all that much either. I don't think they thought it was all that great. Yeah. I mean, I I think the bigger thing is it wasn't a super compelling entry because the MCU has become so much about setting up what's next, setting up the next big thing. Black Widow is a prequel that was set five years ago. It doesn't really set up a big new villain or next phase. So there there just isn't that, like, you gotta see it aspect to it. Especially once the spoilers got out after the first weekend, the stinger got out. Uh, it, I don't know if it was so much it wasn't liked as it just wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's move to... The number three movie, which we were both high on. I was very high on. Yeah. And we, I, I did not know this. It only opened in 2,815 theaters, which is way, way less than every other big entry in here. Mm-hmm. And it only made 8.8, which is way lower than its first, the first film's opening, which was 18 million. Now, of course, that was a different time, a different place. But I was disappointed because I thought this was going to be the second film that really created a film franchise, a Saw-esque franchise, a a Final Destination-esque franchise. And I just don't know if it's going to happen after this middling $8.8 million opening. Yeah, I mean, would an opening like this... You figure now this becomes a movie that doesn't even get to $20 million domestic in its lifelong run. I, I, I would think that's as high as it goes. And it's tough to see that being then a movie that calls for a sequel. You know, like I get the escape room idea is so great. It's so sound. We both like the first one. But to me, this is something that maybe becomes a web series or, you know, if CD-ROMs were still a thing, I think like a CD-ROM interactive experience, but I don't think this qualifies as something that's going to be this, be part of a movie franchise. I think the franchise is dead after this opening. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I haven't been able to see this film, but you know, I've heard from some escape room fans that it wasn't an, it wasn't an elevation Mm -hmm. as high as it needed to be to warrant great box office and a future future franchise, mm-hmm. which, which is a, a shame. It, it's an odd time of the year to have opened this because the original, I just want to take a look. When did the original come out? I feel like it didn't come out in the summer. The original movie, I would think, came out in the more usual horror time of either either the fall or the winter. It was January 4th, 2019. Yeah, so it's, you know, obviously release schedules were a nightmare this past year, but having this be a summer movie did seem like a fishy thing. And oddly, having it be counter-programming to a kid's movie didn't really work because A, the escape room movies are not bloody R-rated movies it's pg-13 and as we saw when you went through the space jam new legacy demos the teens went out and forced to see space jam and i think that's really what killed escape room is it opened against space jam it needed a big teen turnout 
and the teens were more interested in LeBron than they were in the escape rooms. And so this was a film that was held onto by Sony, not mm-hmm. sold or put out on a streamer. It was held onto for theatrical release, yet Sony didn't spend to market it. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't spend the money it needed to market this movie, which was, you know, a sleeper hit when it came out, but it doesn't have name recognition. If I said to a kid on the street, hey, you seen Escape Room, they, would, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. Right. Even if they had seen it. I, I do think it's a, it's a, it's a franchise that was always going to, it's, it's a great title in the sense it tells you what you're getting. Escape Room. But also, it's like calling a movie Kleenex or calling a movie Xerox in the sense that escape rooms are also just a, a, a thing. And I think people, you know, might forget, oh, did I see an escape room movie or did me and my friends at work go to an escape room a couple of years ago as a team building exercise? Like... They just forget even if they saw this because the title of the movie isn't isn't really super memorable. And escape rooms are so prevalent now that if right. I said, have you seen escape room? They might assume that I was asking directions to an escape room and yes. just was speaking some, some broken English there right, and right. would point me any direction. Right. Right. Well, there's I, I one down a, the block here. There's one down the block there. That my buddy has one. Whatever. They're just everywhere. Yeah. There's an escape room company three blocks away from my apartment. Just an escape yes. room. Just just next to a, a restaurant and a and a and a market. There's an escape room. And so yeah, if you ask a teenager in my neighborhood, have you seen escape room? They would point you towards an actual escape room. Yeah, so, so I think that's it, that's an issue because if I said, "Have you seen?" Well, see, I don't the know. Purge. The Purge is a great example of something that the branding is so dead on because when you say the Purge, the only thing you think of is that movie franchise, but it's also very descriptive and lets you know what you're going to get. But the Purge is very specifically the Purge movies. You're not thinking of. Uh, some kind of cleaning product or some kind of, you know, outdoor activity. You're thinking of those Purge movies. So that's a great title. I think Escape Room just ended up being a little too vague to become a a memorable franchise. But I was going to use the example of Saw, and Saw is another thing that, that that franchise overcame the fact that Mm -hmm. it was the name of a handheld appliance or, you know... Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe Escape Room, but the thing I is, think Saw Two, Saw Two did Buffa Bobo, and this one did not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the biggest the biggest thing was the teens went to see LeBron, and this movie needed to be this movie needed to have this neat movie needed to open against a big movie that was strictly for adults only, which you don't get that much anymore, but. If it was going to be counter-programming, it couldn't be counter-programming to a different movie that also drew a lot of teens. It needed to be counter-programming to, like, you know, the opening weekend of a Gone Girl-type movie. And even, yeah, Tournament of Champions. When I think of champions, who's the champion that's at the box office this weekend? And not just because it went to number one. LeBron. LeBron's the champion. He's He's won four... NBA championships, I believe. So escape room, you're not reaching that level at this point. Yeah. Um, All right. So I think that that is everything we needed to go over last weekend. Before we look ahead, I do want to have an update on something we talked about last week. So last week we talked about how, of course, Disney released the Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD opening weekend numbers for Black Widow. They Mm -hmm. said that it made $60 million worldwide on Disney Plus Premium Access PBOD. And while we were glad to get those numbers, the big concern we had on this show last week was that Disney was not going to make a regular habit of weekly giving us 
updates on Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD. And yeah. we went as far as to have a cut the shit moment. We're not going to go into it uh, the way we did last week, but obviously check out last week's episode, huge cut the shit moment, where we told Disney, now that they have started giving us for one weekend the Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD numbers, this needed to become a regular occurrence. And specifically, we absolutely needed, in order to be able to do our jobs correctly, we need to get those same numbers for Jungle Cruise when that opens on Friday, July 30th. Mm -hmm. And we proposed that if they didn't do that, we would have to boycott the reporting and analyzing of Jungle Cruise opening weekend. We called for all of our fellow major, you know, there's a lot of people out there, so just the major ones, but our fellow major box office analysts to join us in this boycott. We called for Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co. to join us. We called for Anthony D. Alessandro at Deadline to join us. And we called for legacy box office writer Scott Mendelson at Forbes to join us. And we also called for our boy, Brandon, the creator of Box Office Mojo. Oh, yeah. To join us. So, Clayton, I got an update for you. Let her rip. Um, I got a text, and I'm looking it up right now because I want to get the wording correctly. But I got a text from Brandon Gray, the creator of Box Office Mojo, not the person who's responsible for what Box Office Mojo has turned into. Of course, he sold it a few years ago to Amazon. So the fact that Box Office Mojo is a disaster now has nothing to do with the historic box office mojo site that Brandon Gray created years back. That you grew anyway, up with, that you love. Yes. So Brandon, uh, Brandon texted earlier today, and he had this to say. I heard about the call out, and I am happy to board the boycott against Jungle Cruise. Willing to mix it up any time in this fight for truth and transparency end quote yes brandon so it so is official he's on the he's on the boycott bandwagon we've got one yep we got a big one i mean brandon gray creative box office mojo he's willing to join in a boycott against the reporting of jungle cruises opening weekend numbers if disney plus if disney does not pro also provide the numbers for Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD that weekend. So this is huge. This is huge. And and the the people we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. you have till July 29th. Yes. And I would get on that now. If you want to join this, this momentum is building. Yeah. And, and jump on this with us because this is for the future of box office reporting. Mm -hmm. This is for the, the betterment of all of our futures. Yes, yes. And everyone I mentioned, I mean, I I mean, we know Jeff. We, we, we really haven't had the chance to interact with Scott Mendelson, a, a legacy writer at Forbes or with Anthony D'Alessandro at Deadline. But these are good, hardworking people like the B.O. Boys, like Brandon, people who love box office, who are just trying to put food on the table for their family, or if they have no family, just for themselves. We also all need to eat ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I know that they want to do the right thing. Yeah. They want to help keep the future of box office reporting healthy. But it, it's like Brandon said in this text. I'll just repeat the last line of this. I'm willing to mix it up anytime in this fight for truth and transparency. And so. it is a fight. It will be a fight. I mean, that's the thing. This isn't going to be passive. It's a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fight in the sense of there may be a boycott, which is a passive way of fighting. Yeah, it's but economic it's instead passivity. of physical. It's it's yeah. spiritual. It's it's that's it's existential. Yeah. I mean, we're not we're not storming the castle here. 
No, no, definitely Metaphorically, not, not we are, but not physically. We don't have torches and any of that stuff. No, 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 no. It's just a boycott. Um, so that said, we'll keep everyone updated on how this goes. If any of our fellow Major League box office analysts and prognosticators uh, reach out about this boycott, we will, of course, let you all know here. So more to come on that. So, nice. Clayton, do we want to talk about this upcoming weekend and the big releases? Yes, we got about 10 minutes to talk about these releases. So let's get into it. We've got two big movies coming out on July 23rd. Old. Mm-hmm. The new M. Night Shyamalan movie, which we know very little about other than the the very good trailer i think mm-hmm. in snake eyes which is a re soft reboot prequel gi joe film starring okay. henry golding which we also trailer tracked previously on our substack in june uh, june 21st of this year we did a trailer tracking for snake eyes Trailer number two. And we came out with a $23 million opening for this. We thought it would underperform. So I guess let's use, let's go Snake Eyes first, G.I. Joe's Snake Eyes. And let's use that as our over under. What did you say that our trailer tracking came out to on that? It came out to $23 million. Okay, so $23 million. So let's see if we think now, a few days away from the opening, we think it'll go above or below $23 million. I mean, this movie, I'm looking at the cast, and the two most recognizable names that I'm seeing in there is Henry Golding, of course, Crazy Rich Asians. He's the star. And Samara Weaving, who she's the, the um, Ready or Not star, right? That's Samara Weaving. Yes. Um, and the titular babysitter on in Netflix is The Babysitter. So this movie is a origin story of Snake Eyes, who was then the famous villain of the G.I. Joe movies. No, right? so Snake is Eyes this... is not a villain. Snake Storm, Eyes is not a villain. That's right. Storm Shadow right. is a villain. Yes, yes. Okay, so this is the it is the origin story of a hero. Um, I mean, I... God, I'm feeling under on this one. I, I I don't think that either of the stars, as much as we like both of them, necessarily mean a lot to getting people out to see them. Obviously, the star of this movie really is the IP. Yes. So, you know, I'm looking right now at the box office opening weekends of the the previous two G.I. Joe movies. You had the first one, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in 2009, opened to $54 million. So that was huge. And then the sequel, G.I. Joe Retaliation, which had The Rock and Channing Tatum, that opened to $40 million in 2013. I mean, I think a big part of that first one opening is Channing Tatum as the lead in 2009. Yeah, in the second film, though, remember, Channing Tatum, they went back and reshot a few scenes with him mm-hmm. to add to that movie to try and bump up the box office. That also had Bruce Willis as the original right. G.I. Joe in it. And you could see, even with all that, plus The Rock, who was franchise Viagra, what he that's what he said, mm-hmm. and it went from 54 to 40, opening and you know these movies came out a while ago but i i think these hasbro these hasbro based films are just they just aren't as popular as they once were so i think that i'm gonna say we nailed it i'm gonna say we that it opens at 23 it just feels right okay yeah it's tough because it's still a big summer movie summer action movie so to think it's going to go below 20 probably seems like a bit much. You know, something like The Conjuring opened above 20 in mm-hmm. June. 
And so, yeah, 23 million. Yeah, maybe that maybe that is about it. I mean, I definitely don't see this hitting 30. I mean, I think 23 to 25 is the high end. And it possibly could underperform and open at 18. You know, the thing is, these J.I. Joe movies, the first two, they're not like well-liked movies. No. And, and we have seen that these type of movies are sort of review proof, but if people don't like the first one, the sequels don't do as well. You know, the famous example I'm thinking of is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot from a few years ago where people hated that first movie, which was a giant hit, opened to like $80 million. Uh-huh. Then the sequel out of the shadows was by all accounts everyone liked that a lot better but because people the audience had disliked the first one so much the second one bombed yes and i think we're in that with gi joe where people never really loved the 2009 2013 ones and so i i don't think they're excited for this one no i i I totally agree i think 23 is a good 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 shot with this one plus there's there are things to still see in the theaters there's space jam there's black widow there's escape room there's f9 there's right quiet place there's so many options to choose from and i don't know i think this was gonna it's we're almost in the thick of box office i mean with black widow and f9 out at the same time and now space jam we are we're in the thick of the summer movie season and i think competition is rougher if this mm-hmm. film would have came out around the time of your Godzilla versus Kongs, yeah, right. I think this movie could have made 30, you know, right, up against right. something like Mortal Kombat or right after Mortal Kombat. I mean, now we have to keep in mind that this is theatrical only, which again, I don't think really matters because you would have people going to see this in, in the theaters in the first weekend if they wanted to, even if it was available right. on, on some other streamer. Yeah. So, so and and this movie, the audience, this is definitely a teen audience. Like this is not really adults. I mean, I guess there's some degree of Gen Xers who are going to go because you know, they'll see anything from their youth. So there's a little nostalgia factor, but like the only way this blows up is if this somehow becomes the the pick of the teens this weekend, the way Space Jam was last weekend. True, and we're talking about a film mm-hmm. that is going to compete with this film, but also is skewing older. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's skewing older, even in its title, Old by M. Mm-hmm. Night. Now, this is one of his, I mean, all his movies are like this, that he's written. We don't know what's going on. I'm sure there's a twist, or the twist is there isn't a twist. But this film is coming out in theaters at a time where teens rule oldsters are staying away so my question with this film is is this movie going to underperform because the title is old and the characters are growing old instead of growing younger Right, right, right. Like, like the twist you, isn't these old people are turning young. The twist is these young people are turning old. I mean, that's not the twist because it's in the trailer. Right. But right. that's my thing is I think this movie is going to underperform because of that. Right. It's the anti-cocoon, you know, which, of course, came out a while ago, but was a huge hit movie because people wanted to see old people get young because that is that's aspirational, you know. Aging fast is not aspirational. No, nobody's like, oh, I really wish I could age faster. I wish those crow's feet would just show up already. Right. Now, um, looking looking at these opening weekends of his last three films, mm-hmm. we had The Visit, which was a, a comeback for him. This was 2015, made 25.4 in its opening, which was big at the time because he was in jail. He was in filmmaking jail. Yes. Then we had Split, which was a surprise hit, and that was 2017, open to 40 million. And then Glass, which was the end of a trilogy that contained Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass, open to 40, which was under mm-hmm. what people expected. This film is going to be 
see, I don't even know if it reaches the visit numbers at 25. It's definitely yeah. not go opening to glass or split numbers, I don't think. You know what? I am still bullish on this movie. I think this is going to be your number one movie of the weekend. And I think it hits 25 or higher. Do you think it brings the oldsters back? Is this, were they waiting for this? Is this the film they were waiting for? I think it brings oldsters back. And oldsters in the sense of middle-aged people. I don't think old, old people... Oh, I'm saying us as oldsters because for us the demo oldsters. of movies, we are oldsters. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I do think this brings us back then. It brings the oldsters back because M. Night is a giant movie star when it comes to name recognition, to success, to his his name being a reason that people go see a movie. He is a star. And I do think that for the most part, people have really liked his last batch of movies, The Visit, Split, maybe not as much Glass, but I just think this is the type of movie that it's got a it's got a hook, it's got an easy to understand premise. It got let's not forget, this got a Super Bowl commercial that was True. hugely buzzed about. And when a movie gets a Super Bowl commercial, the company putting out and paying for that Super Bowl commercial they are expecting this movie to open at number one and for this movie to do a lot of business. This movie, I think, is getting a lot of marketing. I've seen this trailer a million times. Super Bowl commercial. Huge movie star at the top in M. Night. I think this goes over $25 million and is the number one movie of the weekend. Wow. Okay, uh, so do your top five real fast then. All right, so I have to say then my top five is going to be number one old and i'll say it makes 28 million dollars wow number one old number two then is going to be snake eyes i think it has to be because i do think it'll get to 20 number three black widow it's gonna you, you think it's gonna jump over space jam I think so because Space Jam is going to have like a 60 to 70 plus percent drop, which puts it at like low teens. And then I think the Black Widow drop is going to be a lot better than it was last weekend because the second to third weekend drop is usually start stabilizing. So I think number three is Black Widow. Number four is Space Jam. And number five is... F9. Yeah. I think Escape Room falls down the pack, possibly behind stuff like Boss Baby and Purge. Um, yeah. But I think, I do think F9 is number five. So yeah, I go Old, then Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, then Black Widow 3, Space Jam 4, F9 5. Great. So then I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say Snake Eyes number one. Snake Eyes number one, then old. Okay. Then I I I wanted to go with LeBron because I I I I went against him last time, but I do think it's got to be Black Widow. I just think that drop is going to be like twenty seven percent or something next weekend. That Black Widow drop, and I do think that Space Jam is going to drop larger just just because it just feels like that sort of movie. Yeah. So then I'm going to go Black Widow, then Space Jam, and then I got to go F9 too. I think that's, you nailed it with why F9 is the fifth movie. Yeah. What do you think, let's close on this, what do you think the number is then for old? Well, I think I think it's going to be, so at that point it's going to be like 20 or 21. Because okay. if I'm saying Snake Eyes is 23, I'm saying that old's going to be old enough to drink. I'm going to say 21. Okay. Gotcha. But not old enough to rent a car at 25. No. But you know what? Again, like we always say, I'd be happy to be wrong. If If old blows our minds and opens at 40, I, I would love that. I would love to be so wrong. I do think there's a real good chance that old does a monster number this week, gets into the 30s. I mean, yeah, Space Jam hit 31. I... I 
I'm going to say old gets over 30. I think old is going to just do a silly opening. I think people are excited. The oldsters, which is people at, I guess, 30 and above, are excited. And M. Night's a movie star, you know? So we'll see. We'll see next week when we talk about it. But I, I think it's going to be a, a, a big, big opening weekend. I love it. I love it. Okay, Pat. So where can they find us? Where can people tell us what they think their top five is? Well, not think. They're going to tell us what their top five is for next weekend. Right. Email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Give us your top five predictions. Let us know if you're going to join the boycott of the reporting of opening weekend of Jungle Cruise if Disney doesn't release the premium access PVOD numbers. Obviously, if you're not a known uh, box office expert slash writer, it won't mean as much, but it will mean something. So let us know at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And of course, also follow us on our Substack. New content going up there all the time. Go to the B.O. Boys dot. Is it? Let's see. Is it the B.O. Boys dot Substack dot com? The link is in the show notes. So click the link, subscribe to our Substack, read all the posts, new stuff coming very, very soon. Just constant stream of content. So join us yeah. on our Substack. Well, we did it, Pat. I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time. We'll we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.